everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Hiroshani Podcast. We are out of religion, and we are into the middle ground, the realm yeah. between worlds. What do you want to call this, Justin? The dark place. The dark place. So I'm Larry, Justin. Obviously, you already heard his dulcet tones. Uh, yes, we're kicking things off with Alan Wake. Yeah, I'm very excited for this. This is a game I've wanted to do on the show for a while, and since the sequel's coming in a month, and a half why it'll be out right after we get back from our trip yeah so you know what the hell why not all right so with that we'll dive into what's been new you went first last week so i'll go first this week yeah we'll so. go back and forth uh update on ahsoka so three yes. episode five i know you are not so Ooh, that is i am on episode I, I watched episode two yeah episode five I'll just say it is probably my favorite thing of Star Wars since Revenge of the Sith. Okay. All right. And I'll okay. just leave it there. Movies, I have a couple. All right. I watched Sleeping with the Enemy. It's a Julia Roberts movie where Sounds her familiar. husband's a controlling dick and she fakes her own death. But then he comes back after her. I watched Legend, which is like a young, young, young Tom Cruise movie directed by Ridley Scott where he's like this like pure fairy Creature who has to fight Tim Curry, who's like the darkness. Oh, yes, that sounds very familiar. Is the cover okay. like Tim Curry as Satan? Yes. Yes, okay. I've seen it. I haven't seen it in fucking eons, but yeah. I watched Coraline. Oh, nice, nice. Good choice, good choice. I haven't seen that in a long time either. Books better. Coraline is a lot more resourceful in the book than in the movie. Okay. And like that, that boy character Yeah. that's in the movie, he's not in the book at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I watched The Ghost in the Darkness. What's that? It is a Val Kilmer movie okay. where he is a... I think he's like a British military officer, and he's sent to Africa to build a bridge, and there's okay. these man-eating lions that are, like, eating his crew. Okay, cool. It's it's okay. I watched it because of Val Kilmer. I'm trying to yeah. go through all his movies, so that was the reason for that. It was all right. Um, I watched Earwig and the Witch, and with that, I finished my Studio Ghibli watch. Nice. So now you just have... Um, Boy and the Heron. Boy and the Heron. Uh, Earwig and the Witch was really, really, really bad. Oh, wow. It oh. was the worst one. Really? So it was directed by Miyazaki's son, and okay. it was like digital animation. Oh, which I'm not opposed to, but one of the beautiful things about Studio Ghibli is, like, the art style. Yeah. And, like, there was just no life or heart behind any of these characters. That's a bummer. Like, if you were, I would not recommend watching this movie even just to see how bad it is. Like, if you go onto YouTube, you can see, like, screenshots or, like, stills or even scenes of these characters. And, like, their their faces are just, like, devoid of any, like, life. That's a really big bummer because I I really do think that like, well like you said like the charm of Studio Ghibli yes. is like they're the beauty that is in like every mm-hmm. frame of animation. But yeah, and Miyazaki's son he's like directed come some of the ones like I I liked the least too. Mm. So so there's that. But that's done. I'm just waiting for Boy in the Heron. I watched Inner Space which is like a young Dennis Quaid and a young Martin Short where Dennis Quaid gets shrunk down and, has to, and goes inside Martin Short. That sounds really familiar. It was like 80s. It was It's Joe Dante, so it has that like Gremlins kind of vibe. And okay. it, you, you'll notice a lot of like the, the side characters. Yeah, okay. 
but it, it was fine. And then I watched the film Nighthawks, which is a Sylvester Stallone movie. My father-in-law um, mentioned it when I was telling him I liked the movie Serpico. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. It came out in 1981, but it looks and it is directed like it came out in like the early 70s. Okay. But the one thing I like about it is the bad guy is just a straight up bad guy. Hey, th- like, that that's nice sometimes not to have like like I'm assuming it's just like just a person who does bad shit and that's it. Like yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's like an international terrorist. Oh, okay, so he's just a but yeah, he, he's just a bad guy. Yeah, he but he's just like straight up bad. Like there's no redeeming qualities. There's no like anti-hero kind of. It says he's just, oh, just a bad person. <laughs> um, so those are the movies, games, played Five Nights at Freddy's. I think I beat it. I need to check my how long to beat. But I think I beat it in like an hour, like just shy of two hours. Yeah, it's it's a lot shorter than I remember. Yeah, for our people listening, this we are double double recording tonight. The Five Nights game review will not be coming out for a couple weeks. So uh, there's that. But then I started Final Fantasy VIII. I decided to skip Intergrade for that 100% completion just because I was kind of feeling burnout from the Seven universe and like the modern games. I wanted to kind of go back. Um, With the news today from Rebirth, it makes me feel a bit better because by the time I finish eight, I might do nine and then do seven. Because I think the seven playthrough is like 60 hours for 100%ing it. 60 oh, to 100, yeah. I think something like that. So, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. No cat has me wanting to play nine pretty bad. But yeah, even nine, same. nine is two playthroughs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's, I'm assuming, the... The one to get everything, and then the one to get Steiner's ultimate weapon. In two hours, right? I think it's six. I think you have to get to the very end of the game in six. There are other ways to get that. I've never done it before, but that's like always been like one of the things that have like prevented me. So from like basically, in. if you let your game clock <laughs> reach ninety nine hours, it resets. Can it do that for Steam though, and the remaster? Yes, because there's like your like play time in Steam, and then there's your like in game clock. Although Ooh. for the remaster, it might be different. I don't mind doing a speed run, but we'll see. We'll talk about yeah. it when I get there. Because <laughs> okay. that, that's, that's like one of the reasons why I never comp, like, went after that one before. Books, I finished The Last Final Girl. That was at Stephen Graham's Joan book. It was pretty yep. good. You can definitely see the early inspiration in his mind of what would later become My Heart is a Chainsaw. Speaking of books, I don't think I sent this to you, but I'm sure you know about uh, Grady Hendrix's new book, Under the Bed or whatever. No. Oh, oh! I know a better book before you do. Um, Justin, I live under a rock. It is. What is it called? It's coming out soon, like the end of this month. Did I not? Or maybe it's like an audio audible only thing. I'm looking on Barnes and Noble right now. And I'm not seeing anything that What where did I see this? Were you teasing me? Were you being a bully? No, I thought I saw something and it was like under the ankles or something. Yeah, right here. Ankle snatcher. It's called Ankle Snatcher? It's a novella. 
Oh. Yeah. Well, still. Still, you're right. You were right. It's two dollars. Okay. I will have to check that out because no, I did not know that. Oh, it's in like a creature feature collection. Oh, okay, okay. That makes more Interesting. sense. Interesting. I'm about seventy percent of the way through the interview with the vampire audiobook. Okay, how's that going? It's fine. That the the narrator does a really good job. Oh, that's good. Better um, than the movie? No, this book's very dry. Oh, lovely. Yeah, uh, and then for book club, we're reading the book called Fourth Wing. Um, the best way to this, I'm like twenty eight percent into it so far, and the best way to describe it is horny Harry Potter. Okay, I will make sure with to check dragons. It out. <laughs> with dragons. Uh, but that's all something. How about you? Um, ice uh, movies. Um, I went to see Haunting in Venice. I don't. Did I talk about that you last? You talked time? about that last week. Yeah. Jesus Christ! I did this week. <laughs> Fucking blur. <laughs> um, I have played. So in the last week, then all I have really done is play Lies of P, which the embargo lifted like today. Which is like yeah. A, I saw IGN's review. Yeah, it's like the. It's fucking amazing, by the way. It is really good. I again, I do not think you would like it, but it is very. It is very much. So for Steven, our <laughs> resident souls lover. So it is up. like, so imagine Bloodborne, but they implemented like a weapon customization system, where you could like mix and match your like the head of your weapon with like the blade, the the handle of your weapon, and it would like give you different effects and like different stats and stuff um and then the story is just like it's not hidden behind things it's just like blatantly told to you basically and it's a really good story um cool. it's really fucked up and it's just it, it is very much like a bloodborne inspired souls game it's it's just, it's a lot of fun um sure I'm and then Oh, yeah, I did. I actually really did. <laughs> not going to lie. Um, the other thing I've been playing, and I played 12 and a half hours of it in the span of a day, um, it was Mortal Kombat 1. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because we got it the, the day and a half before Embargo lifted. Uh, so I had, like, no time to beat it and uh, write about it. But, yeah, I managed to beat the story. It's fucking amazing. Like, pro like. I'm not huge into Mortal Kombat. Mm -hmm. This one definitely has me rethinking that because this story is probably the best fighting game story I've ever like experienced. The Mortal Kombat stories, I think people don't realize that there is a pretty good story there and it gets flushed out a lot. There's like some animated movies that are really good. Mm -hmm. The comics do a wonderful job expanding out these characters and stuff. I think people generally think of Mortal Kombat like LOL gore right yeah but the stories I remember MK9 like really being blown away by that story and then MK10 was great too 9 was like the retelling of the first one right correct yeah yes yeah mm -hmm. so I, I followed 9 and 10 and then I didn't really touch 11 this uh again easily the best fighting game story and probably one of the better stories i've like experienced this year in games um cool yeah i gave it a nine out of ten okay um, it dude it's a, 
fucking amazing. There is one very bright sore spot to that game. Is it Mega Fox? It is Mega Fox. The thing is, though, did you... So you said you didn't play the last one very much. No. So Ronda Rousey voiced my favorite character, Sonya Blade. Okay. And so that was... That was very bad. Yeah. Very, very, very well, bad. Well, it's like, it, it, it's just, it's really hard when, and I, again, I kind of went into this in my review, is like, when everybody, everybody else's voice acting is like, top-notch, amazing, and then they're kind of like, chewing the fat in the scene with her character, and it's like, yeah, oh, it like, grounds to a halt whenever. I think that there is a reason why some voice actors never do movies and why some movie actors really don't do voice acting roles and why when you get a robin williams or a mark hamill who can do both why they're so special because i think that those skills are kind of very different so when you get that crossover that bleed that like like yeah yeah you know what i mean yeah and it sucks because it just feels like it feels like everybody else recorded in a room together and mm-hmm. she just like recorded it 10 months down the road. Honestly, in the that's probably what happened. Cause I remember yeah. listening to some interviews of Ronda Rousey, because even though I really wasn't a fan of her in WWE, cause I felt like she was a very flat personality. Yeah. I loved her when she was in UFC and yeah. like, I was excited to see her in this, in the game playing one of my favorite characters. And she even said like, they brought her in last minute. Yeah, and it, that would be really hard. Like that would yeah. be really hard. And I, I think it's, it's just a hard man. thing to do, especially when it's not like your day job. Yeah, it's just like it feels very like flat and not like her heart was in it. You know, like it just feels very like every line is like very dully. If you get a dully. chance, you should go listen to some stuff of some Ronda Rousey lines yeah. in the last game and let me know okay. which one was worse. Because like okay. I, th- I, I think I mentioned this before, I'm not picking up MK1 until the Gold Edition inevitably comes out, where I can get the whole game and all the DLCs for like twenty five bucks. Yeah, I just fair. got too much going on. Yeah, the, yeah, that's fair. Um, other than that, I but I have but I have time well, to do bullshit in Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah, exactly. No, I get it. I get it. Hey, listen. There's always there's a difference. Final, there's always time for Final Fantasy. And it's different. Again. I already played the game, so like I can do that and do other things at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, other than that, honestly, I don't really think I've been doing much. I've just been doing my marketing thing and writing and doing my day job. It's basically working yeah. three full time jobs. So, so I mentioned to you when we were texting the Final Fantasy VIII and how I started last night, and I played right. for like two hours, but I haven't even gone to for it yet. Yes, I found this video from this YouTuber named Primal Liquid. Okay, and basically he breaks the game before you go see Ifrit. Okay, so you get card, then you get card mod, and then there are certain enemies in that first area that drop end game boss cards oh. at a very low rate. And then you go to Triple Triad and go start getting certain cards. And with the card mod ability, you, you can get tornadoes and like flares and stuff. So you can have your characters like hitting max damage before you even go see Ifrit. Damn. And so since I'm doing like all the the hunting for all the side stuff, and I've never really 
fucked around with triple triad or the card modding before yeah i decided that like okay whatever and they got i got the first card really easy i actually got like two of the card to drop like back to back and then the last 90 minutes last night before i went to bed was me trying to get the the caterpillar you remember that that backwards caterpillar yeah. thing it drops an end game boss card i did that for 90 minutes i could not get it to drop yeah i'm telling you at when three I was x do- speed <laughs> oh yeah i well when i was doing um final fantasy one or two mm-hmm. one of those like rare monsters i was fighting for two hours before anything came oh up. yeah when you yes. i think in one omega is in the final tower yes and it's a one percent encounter rate. yeah i think that might have been it because i think the other one was like the goblin king but it was like a two and, and that's a, a half summoning percent. right that's a yeah. summoning yeah yeah so oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. i know i've been there I think I'm going to start Final Fantasy IX tonight. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's your we'll favorite. We'll see, because Resident Evil 4 DLC got announced. So yeah, I'm not paying $10 for something that was free. I will wait for that to go cheaper. All right. I love I love Ada. I will not, I'm not paying $10 for that. Okay. I would. <laughs> I know you would. Okay, do you want to talk about some Alan Wake? Yeah, let's do it. A candy-colored clown they call the Sandman. Tiptoes to my room every night And just a sprinkle of stardust and a whisper Go to sleep, everything is alright I close my eyes Then I drift away Into the magic night I I love game reviews because I get to sit back. So, give me some background on this game. Okay, so... What is that? Oh, sorry, something popped up. Uh, Alan Wake (laughs) is an action-adventure game developed by Remedy Entertainment. Do you know what else Remedy has done? Control. That is right. They also did (laughs) Max Payne. Never played Uh, it. Oh, Hmm, interesting. I think you would like... Well, it's probably too... It probably hasn't aged well enough. Um... They also did uh, Quantum Break, which was like a weird mixed reality, like TV show slash game. Uh, okay. Very interesting. Very ahead of its time. But okay. Okay. Yes. Uh, they are also obviously working on I'll Wake 2. Um, it was released originally in May 2010 for the 360 and PC version. Uh and a remaster version was released for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series XS. And so on... everybody knows that is the one we played. Yes, yes, absolutely, yeah. Uh, and it was released on October, or in October 2021, and it came with all the DLCs. 
Uh, and apparently there was a Switch version last October, October 2022. Okay. Um, the development... Um, uh, it was obviously very heavily based on uh, like Stephen King and David Lynch. Uh, in particular, like Twin Peaks was also like a very heavy influence for this game and I think you can kind of feel that and it's like not only it's episodic approach but like it's way that the town is kind of presented to us mm-hmm. have you ever watched Twin Peaks yes many many moons ago I never watched Firewalk with me mm-hmm. we ever we were going to do some of that for this yeah. mini season before we realized that it was taking on too much for this time of year yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Um, if we were going to do all that, like... Yeah, yeah, that's probably a good thing we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so to uh, further the distance of the their previous game, Max Payne, they were actually originally planning uh, the, the town to be like an open world city, kind of okay. like Grand Theft Auto, uh, but obviously, like, they rein that in. Um... And then, sorry, I'm just seeing if there's, because I don't want to stick on this too much. Um, Oh, yes. Um, When the game released in 2010, originally they said the PC version was not in the cards. Um, However, two years later, it eventually came came out. Now, I have a very interesting sales figure for you. Okay. Um, And where is it? This was in 2019. Okay. I'm just going to read this verbatim. So this was uh, somebody from Remedy. Alan Wake is a cult favorite Xbox 360 exclusive, which sold over 3 million copies. Although it wasn't quite enough to justify a full sequel, (laughs) but did result in two DLC add-ons and a standalone digital spinoff game called American Nightmare. Total, the franchise has sold four point five million dollars, or four point five million games. Okay. And and for this review, <laughs> so everyone knows we did base Alan Wake and those yes. two DLC episodes. Yeah, it's American like, uh, Nightmare the... is going to be separate. Yes, American Nightmare. We're going to do with the Control DLC, the oh. A- AWE. Uh, yes. So the remastered version of uh, Alan Wake bundles uh, the Signal and the Writer. Sure does. Yes, yes, sure it does. did. Um, so interestingly <laughs> enough, um, Alan Wake Remastered only sold just over a million copies, um, okay. but apparently it had a. I couldn't find too too much information on this, but apparently it had a really troublesome development, and it just it they were planning it to come out like a couple of years ago, but it just took like a long time to bring it out. Um, okay. So they, they haven't, like, recouped the loss from that still to this day, which is interesting. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now i got to try and remember the game of this story. <laughs> uh, so, you want me to get into this? Mm-hmm. Good luck. Okay. Huh. Thanks. Uh, okay, so Alan Wake and his wife, Alice Wake. <laughs> oh, boy, that's not good. Um, uh Alice Wake brings Alan to Bright Falls to try and kind of get away from all the noise so they can kind of spend 
some time at a cabinet so he can clear his writer's block and write his new novel novel that he's uh that is basically due <laughs> um so they go to this cabin and the power goes out and then Alice is seen like she like jumps out of a window into the lake uh, while Alan's kind of like trying to get the power back on he hears her screaming and then he like runs out dives into the water to save her and then he wakes up a week I believe it's a week it's either a week or a month uh, later I think it's a week yes he wakes up a week later kind of like in a car accident uh, with a page of the manuscript that he was writing and kind of as so Alice is still missing at this point in time um, now nah, I have to try to remember this I, the worst part is I remember the second half of this game but not the fucking first half mm-hmm. um, does the farm where does the farm come up that's towards the second half okay yeah that's what I remember okay so uh, and then the police kind of take in uh, I forget her name I'm sorry uh, the police kind of take in uh, Alan Wake and kind of try to question him a little bit but he yep. kind of says like F it and his publisher publicist mm-hmm. very kind of just kind of steamrolls everybody in the town to like get out of Alan Wake's way truth um, and then I don't remember that middle part <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. I, I think what you're doing is perfect yeah it's a lot of like weird shit and then he wakes up and he's in uh, the not the insane asylum what would you call that it's like a retreat for the mentally ill, shall we yes, say? The, 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 the lodge. The lodge, yes, yes. Um, and we see that he's been kind of locked away in this room with a typewriter because the runner of the lodge, the doctor, wants him to kind of finish up the manuscript. Um, and then he, like, gets to know these, like, two hippie biker guys who are running a farm, and then and again the rock in, stars thor yeah, and thor and someone else yeah the like the viking i don't remember it's like the viking somethings i don't remember the name of the band um but again in cool remedy style we end up on their farm protecting barry as a rock show is happening mm-hmm. uh because remedy likes their musical interjections i'm um, starting to see that i'm starting to see that yep <laughs> yeah <laughs> um actually funny story the janitor uh from control has been shown in multiple trailers for alan wake 2 uh really yeah. yes so i i don't know what the connection is because i haven't played a awe yet but uh but yeah anyways. okay have you played american um, nightmare i haven't played american nightmare either so new new experiences next next time um but yes and then it comes to light that the darkness has kind of taken over or is trying to take over bright falls yep um it's inhabited this like old lady i forget her name but she is she died previously trying to help her husband mm-hmm. who also died to the darkness uh so when alan it turns out that when alan wake jumped into the lake at the start it like trapped him down there and forced him to write this novel where the darkness basically like gains all of its powers back and becomes like almighty Mm -hmm. um but the husband of the old lady like wrote himself into the book to help alan wake escape 
Um, oh yeah, you're hitting you're hitting the right beats. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to like figure out how to describe these. Um, so Alan Wake realizes that he needs to go back to. Oh no, he has to go to the power plant to get the clicker, yep. which was never actually happened, but was like written into his story. Correct. Um, and then he goes back to the cabin, cabin on the lake. The cabin on the lake, and like kills the old lady by like shoving the clicker in her. Yep. Or like clicking it on her or whatever. Um, and then it, he is able to like basically rewrite the ending of his book where instead of Alan Wake getting out of the lake, Alice gets out of the lake. Um, and then he it says like, oh, it's not a lake. It's an ocean. And that's where the base game ends. Yeah. Um, and then the, the signal. Okay, the signal is okay. <laughs> um, this is gonna. The signal basically is. Man, Alan Wake realizes that he's in like he wakes up and he's in kind of like an alternate dimension of Bright Falls, mm-hmm. and the there's like another version of Alan Wake, um, who is. <laughs> trying to help him find his way through this alternative version. That sounds um, about right. And then um okay, the ending is basically he like gets into this room and he says there's like what is it? He's like there's not enough time or there's not enough pages or something like that and mm-hmm. you, we see him like curled up into a ball with like pages kind of going everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah. after you get to the lighthouse, or am I mixing that with the second one? Um, I think that's the second one because the second okay. one is the first one ends the... in the cemetery. I don't know. These Fuck. One together. of the uh, one it... ends in there. Yes, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, and okay, and then the writer is the writer is the one where you have to light all the words up, and you have oh, to do that really yeah. bullshit <laughs> like. The platforming wheel. yeah uh <laughs> the hamster wheel had me feeling a certain kind of way and then the cliffs where you had to knock the cliffs down to the lighthouse for me weirdly enough the hardest part was just like it was kind of it was kind of close to the start i think when you were like having to light up like bridge okay. or whatever and just like jump over for okay. some reason that like, fuck i've really been bad. very excited to review this game because i have some i have some thoughts yeah um, so the writer though ends with a, some shit happens and Alan Wake <laughs> goes into a room where the signal ended and yep. can see his other self on the floor uh, and then he touches him and then turns into that Alan Wake and wakes mm-hmm. up and realizes that he needs to write the sequel to uh, not The Descent uh, whatever the book was that he was writing in the first one, he needs to write a sequel to that to help him get out of the darkness. I think. <laughs> All right. You want me to give you a little bit of a break? You were, you got a lot there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. So when I played the first episode of this, mm-hmm. as you know, I messaged you. I was like, I really liked it. I was like, this is super cool. Yep. That was very interesting, and the biggest thing that came to mind out of that first episode wasn't Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Stephen King was kind of obvious, but it really wasn't even that either. And I was saving to talk to you about it until this. It was Deadly Premonition. 
Yup. I was getting a lot of Deadly Premonition vibes. And if people remember, Deadly Premonition and Deadly Premonition 2, the weakness it well, Deadly Premonition 2, we don't, we don't, we're not going to talk about that. Deadly Premonition, its strength came in the story. And after that first chapter, I was like, we're, we're going to get a better version of Deadly Premonition. Like, we're going to get Deadly Premonition, like, perfected. Funny enough, both those games, uh, Deadly Premonition came out in February of 2010. Really? Yeah, so, like, Interesting. Two, so, so, like, different, so different companies had, like, a similar, like, idea. That's really cool. So, the story keeps going on, and I think the reason why plot is going to be low for me is going to stem off of gameplay. Because I think they're kind of tied hand in hand. Yeah, I agree. I really felt this game suffered in two ways. Okay. Each of the chapters felt very similar. It felt like each of the beats had a very similar like narrative arcs. Like you kind of knew where you were at in the episode based upon like what was kind of happening around you. Yeah. And that this doesn't make for a very fun gameplay, at least in my opinion. Yeah. And this yeah. and the second big sin for this one is you find the pages, which you can't uh-huh. find all of unless you're playing on the hardest difficulty. Yes, because have, there is one near the end, I believe, that you can't get unless you're nightmare. There's a there's a ton. I actually looked up online. Oh really? There's there there's like four or five in each chapter. Oh shit. I only thought there was like one. Yep, there's like four or five in each chapter. Damn. Um, and as people know, just I've talked about this a lot. Like we never reviewed this game, but it's the Final Fantasy Thirteen problem. It's you cannot bury plot elements in a menu. Yeah. It does not work. I don't know when that happened. I know people in Dark Souls will get their panties twisted in a bunch because they love how the lore is hidden in a sub menu for a dagger. It doesn't even relate to the boss it's talking about. Mm-hmm. But that is not narrative storytelling. It's just not. If I wanted that, I would read a book. And I'm not. I'm I'm playing a video game to get the story. Yeah. And I think those are the two biggest reasons. Just the very repetitive nature. And then bearing a lot of the, the plot elements in menus. The two DLC things, I'm going to save my thoughts. Because, like, for story-wise, they were just something. It's the gameplay where I want to talk about those. So that's, like, my big takeaway for story. Yeah, I would I would agree. Um, I think the premise is very cool and interesting. Like, with the whole everything this writer has written is kind of starting to come to life. I don't think we really see, like, that kind of storytelling in games i think no. there's a reason because it, it 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 definitely has its highs and when the highs are high it's like way up there that but first it, episode was fantastic like when yeah. when roy orbison starts playing i literally was just sitting i listened to the whole i was just staring at the screen like oh wow like this is this is <laughs> yeah. different yeah and but the, the problem is is it does have it's like it peters off Yes, it starts it really off. strong and it just goes <laughs> yeah, down. I, I would agree. And, and it, it's almost like a Stephen King, King novel, right? Like, it's very good <laughs> at setting up all these characters. Can't end, though. <laughs> just yep, can't it's, end. It's not a Salem's lot. It's, yeah. it's Thank, the Thankfully, other. they have... Remedy has, like, kind of turned that around. And okay. they're more recent games, and very well. 
Um, control was great. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I have hopes for Alan Wake too, but yeah, and, and it looks completely different, which is amazing. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would agree though. I, I think it definitely starts off very, very strong, and kind of like it's not bad. It's a unique story. Yes, but I am comparing it to Deadly Premonition. I yeah. didn't know they came out so close together, mainly because they have very similar like kind of story narratives. Your protagonist talking to you, exploring yeah. this, this town, trying to figure out mystery and stuff. Mm-hmm. Deadly Premonition story was better. I thought yeah, that the side I, characters I, I, were better, the side missions yes. were better, the world was filled out more. Well, because like you said, it's not half hidden. Yeah. In these manuscripts, because I get why the they problem... did it. I get why they yeah, did it. Absolutely. But they they should have like read it to us, or they should have like had like a cut scene where like. Like something happens, it just you can't tuck those things. Well, and away. It, it does suck because it's kind of cool that if you're following, like if you are following the manuscripts, like it's kind of mirroring. It's mirroring what's happening in the game, right? Because well, I started in the first chapters, I did, but like there's so yeah. many. There's like between oh, yeah. like there's... fifteen and thirty in each of the episodes. Yeah, there's a hundred altogether. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a shitload of them. And like I'm <laughs> yeah. not doing that. Like yeah, I'm not doing that. No, I'd agree. And uh-huh. let's be honest, uh, the story for the DLCs is... Uh, That's does, why I'm just saving it, it for the gameplay, because I, okay. I don't even want to touch that. So I will say there is one very interesting thing okay. to come out of the DLCs, okay. and I think it's going to come back big time. And I mean, it might come back in American Nightmare. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, haven't played I have it yet. no idea what's happening in American Nightmare. Yeah, either way. It could be like a fucking three-hour mini-game fest. I don't know. It could be I like have Mario, no idea. Alan Wake Mario Party, and I would have no idea. Hey, um, but his will party up. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I think the adding the idea of Mr. Scratch, which is like Alan Wake's mm-hmm. doppelganger, is a really cool idea. Um, I'll be interested to see if it comes back in 2 or American Nightmare. Yeah. But it, that's just kind of like the, the hanging chat of the game. For plot, I look back, because again, I, I compared it a lot to Daily Permission. I gave Daily Permission a 7.5 for plot. Okay. I gave this a 6. Yeah, I also gave it a 6. I don't know what I gave Daily Permission. I can go look. Let me just go back up and look. It's one of our first things we ever did. You gave Daily Permission an 8. Oh. Yeah, fuck. Okay, gameplay. So, <laughs> kind of similar to my thoughts on the story until we get to the DLC. So, okay. I think the gun and having the stun on with the light, I think that's all well and good. I think yeah. that I think that's fun. I think that's interesting. And it's very basic, but it's, a, it's enough. Um, I like how there's things you can interact with around you to do stuff. And I never really felt fucked. Until the DLC. Um, <laughs> uh, when you do die, there's a pretty forgiving um, like respawn system yeah. until the DLC. Uh, <laughs> and overall, I thought it was fine. The car stuff can go fuck itself. I thought the Batmobile in Arkham Knight was the worst. I am wrong. Really? You had that hard of a time driving? You didn't? No. Oh, dude, I was. I was, oh, I was just like, especially that final was, chapter when you have to ride. You're driving it for most of it. I was like, this is not fool. I was fine. <laughs> really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but again, my big sin when it comes to gameplay is that 
it's boring by the time you get to the end of that game because there's no leveling system there's no real variety like there's a shotgun there's a rifle there's a handgun there's a flare gun there's flares there's flashbangs and then there's the flashlights but there's no like leveling there's no like reason to pick one or the other because they all kind of do like a similar amount of damage and like each of the bullets will stun will stun lock an enemy so it's not really like you need to have a shotgun to stun lock a bigger guy because even the small bullets will stun lock them you just have to use more and take them down it's it's got very boring and when we got to the dlc I was like, okay, we're doing something different, mainly in the writer section, because yeah. like there's the words, and you have to use the, the light to light the words to create. I did paths think the like the items. words was like a really cool idea. Yeah, yeah, but like <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I I got pissed off at the crater spot, okay. or when you're like the, the the different rocks climbing up to the lighthouse tower. Yeah. Because I couldn't see where I was going because it was so goddamn dark, even with my brightness turned all the way up. Yeah. And, like, you were just getting swarmed by these enemies, and it was so dark you couldn't see where they were coming from, and you also couldn't see where the crater's at because the map was kind of sketch. And I was getting very, very pissed off. And that came right after that that wheel thing where I just could not figure out where the fuck to go because the map wasn't helping me. And yeah. the thing that I realized when I was playing that section is I thought about control. Because in Control, they do things like this. But they do it well. They do weird gameplay mechanics. They do simple gameplay mechanics. But I never felt like how I felt towards the end of playing Alan Wake. I never felt bored with the controls. I never felt like the mechanics were beyond the team trying to do them. Yeah. And I think maybe playing control first maybe judge this a little bit harder like i can see what they were trying to do yeah absolutely but like by the end of it i was just like this is like it's not bad it's just like well it, it, it there's not enough variety either for a an eight episode thing yeah like a let's say i mean let's say eight, like 10 hour game there's not enough variety there no. is nowhere near enough variety for like to keep your interest and like it sucks because it does start off really strong and it again it has a really cool premise of like yep. using light to kill your enemy or, like, the farm to... sequence was super cool oh yeah farm stuff was awesome i really liked whenever like the trucks would come after you or like the fucking um the harvester yeah i, I, I love fighting the machines yes i did yeah too. but other than that it's just like your basic basically cookie cutter enemies like throughout the whole game and yep. yeah and the thing is, you can get away with that resident evil does that resident evil think about the original resident evil resident evil 2 there's not a lot of enemy variation but it's the way they put you up against them and the very yeah. subtle changes they do with those enemies that make them memorable well, and, like, and challenging the changes to your like how you are like how your yeah. survival is going basically because here it's like okay go into the light get all your health get all your health back get some ammo okay we're gonna put you in a a sequence with like six guys again okay Mm -hmm. kill those guys okay go into the light walk forward 20 feet we're gonna do it again and then i didn't take any points off for this because we normally don't do it but i do want to discuss it this game looks really beautiful i think they did a really good job except for the faces of the characters oh the the characters look they must have (laughs) ran out of money because Especially, we'll get to this in like in the audio, but like I felt like the voice acting was pretty good across the board. 
Oh yeah. And then you see Barry's face, like, like he's like <laughs> yeah. stroking out when, and it's just, it's yeah. It was so I didn't take any points off deck. We don't we don't do that. Like that's not unless it's like egregious. Like we we don't really comment on it or yeah, it, it changes how you like play the game. Yeah, and like I I, I will agree to that to the most part. I will say this game is very dark. It is uh, too dark. Yes, uh, which <laughs> I hope changes. Yeah. Uh, at least, like, <laughs> give us a little bit more brightness control. Because we have there played were times other games where it was like, like Outlast, where yeah. the darkness is critical. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like this. This was like, just unplayable. So when you're in the Viking Brothers farm, there's like a section when you first get into it, like you and Barry are chased into it. Mm-hmm. I and you have to like go up into the fa- upstairs into like the. Yes. The whatever the hell the that's shed, called, yeah. mm-hmm. the shed. I couldn't see dick. Yep. And I was like, get turning myself around. And it's just, yeah, it's rough. Yeah, it was rough. I gave it a five. I gave it a six. All right, audio. The Roy Orbison kicking off this game was really mm-hmm. good, and I was waiting for that kind of music to like be at the end of like every single episode, and it wasn't. So maybe that's my yeah. own fault, but I was disappointed by that <laughs> because it starts off with that. I love Roy Orbison, so it starts yeah. off with him, and I'm just like I'm there for it. And the other ones were very forgettable, which I think is rough when you start yeah, off. like e- even um, even the musical sequence with the like Viking metal band, it was cool. But I don't. Again, this could be obviously because we played Control first. Yeah, it wasn't as cool as Control. Like yeah, Control I was think. dope. Control was dope. Yeah. yeah, but putting like the scores and kind of stuff aside, there, I thought the voice acting was really good. I thought this is an area where I thought it was better than Deadly Premonition because Deadly Premonition, some of the side characters were kind of weird with their voice acting. Yeah, I thought the main characters you interacted with, so Alan, his wife, Barry, and the cop. I felt like the four of them gave like great performances. I don't know if they re-recorded for the remaster or not. I have like no, no idea. No, they did not. Then that's even more impressive. I I thought yeah. that it was very well done, and for me, this was the strongest section of the game. Yeah, I agree. I I think the I think Remedy has always done a really good job at um like getting the right people to voice the right actors and actresses um yep I, and i think it i think it's true here too because yeah I, I agree i think there is a lot of really good voice acting here especially for a game that came out 13 years ago yeah i agree okay justin so for audio i gave it a seven i gave it a seven and a half how scary you go first um okay so this was kind of i mean i think this kind of goes hand in hand with like gameplay and story i think it starts off incredibly strong um but then by the end of it it just kind of like peters out a little bit um there's a lot of like not survival horror but like almost jump scares um or attempts at jump scares yes attempts (laughs) attempts at jump scares um but generally like especially in the first half i'll even say like the first quarter of the game there's like a really good like sense of dread and they're really good at like kind of building the tension and putting you in these like creepy situations i loved when the it was before obviously like the big action stuff happens but when the 
you're basically getting chased through the woods by the axe murderer <laughs> um and like him like kind of get beaten down into the trailer uh but then it kind of after that it just they kind of just seemed to drop the horror and just kind of stuck to like more of a thriller style of like yeah enemies and like environmental storytelling they never really kind of jumped back into that like the opening horror of it all and uh yeah the game starts off for me feeling like silent hill yeah at least that like like before you like you kind of like learn how like wake is and going on the boat across the the thing or whatever like that first segment reminded me a lot of silent hill so like i was like oh i'm getting like deadly premonition vibes mixed with like some silent hill horror so i was here for it and what you said is perfect by the end of this game it felt i was just bored yeah. And I was still dying. I was still getting swarmed by enemies. But, like, I think to, like, Resident Evil, and when you get swarmed by zombies and that, like, there's still that tension. In this, it felt more like bullshit. Yeah. Like, it felt more like, I, well, I can't see what I'm doing. Like, how, like, what am I supposed to do? Or, like, the platform mechanics in this are really shitty. Like, this, this isn't <laughs> yep. on me. This isn't on yep. me. So, I don't, like, feel like I fucked up. And,. Like you didn't struggle with it, but I struggled with a car. So like when I would like get sideswiped by a car, or I, I would hit something and get swarmed, I was like, "Well, it's because this fucking car drives like a brick." So what am I going to yeah. do with it? Um, no, this one. If honestly, if anything, I'm a little bit disappointed. If only because it starts off really strong. It starts mm-hmm. off feeling like a silent hill deadly premonition hybrid and by the end of it it's just like if you really wanted to with the exception of the dlc which doesn't have those light posts along the way and you have to blow those craters up or those boulders up you can just high ass it to the next light post yeah you um yeah i think there, there are there, some I mean, there's bosses definitely you have, you to, have take, to like yeah, or they like, survive or whatever but yeah. for the most part, unless you're in one of those like, like survive the night or like survive the encounter situations, you can just book it to the light and not deal with it. And yeah, yeah, like made me feel a little bit of something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I give it a three. I give it a two. All right, Justin, to review our scores for plot, we both gave it sixes. For gameplay, I gave it a five. You gave it a six. For audio, I gave it a seven. You gave it a seven and a half. And for how scary, I gave it a three. You gave it a four. Gave it a two. That gives it the here's Johnny final score of a fifty-three, right? Fifty-three. Scroll a little bit here. Oops. Uh, it is tied with another video game. Do you want to guess what the other video game is? Fifty-three. You said right. Uh huh. Uh, is it a... No, it's not a Silent Hill game. It is a Patron Force game. Ooh, Patron Force. Um, can you tell me... No, that won't be fair if you tell me who. Yeah, it, w- it would... It's, that, that would absolutely give it away. Um, uh, is it... It's not Outlast 2, is it? Nope. Outlast 2 did worse than this. I'm trying to think who else forced a game. If I told you it was Eddie... With that, help you oh, journey. Out. Journey, correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. It's time with journey. The video game below it is Silent Hill Downpour with a fifty-two, 
in the video I knew game, there was a Silent Hill down near there. In the video game above it, uh, it's actually there's a tie. It's Resident Evil Three Nemesis, the OG, and System Shock Two with fifty sixes. Oh, man, I might play the Resident Evil remake, but the first one again. By the way, I would love. I, as soon as I finish going through the, the Final Fantasy games, I'm going to do it for Resident Evil. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I showed you that board game, right? You I'm actually did. going to play that on Saturday. That's what you were saying. I, yes. That looks dope. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're going to play some quick bumper music and then head on into the closing. Us next week is going to be Donnie Darko. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin and I, though, are about to record our Five Night at Freddy's review. The game, yes. not the movie. We aren't that special. Um, you'll find out when we listen to that, but we aren't giving it a proper score. But we'll get into all that. Um, Justin, any last thoughts this week? Um, yes, okay. I would say I think Alan Wake is an interesting game. Uh, it definitely falters. Yes, but you should. It is that doesn't mean it's not worth checking out. I think it is, at least watch like a playthrough or something, especially because how different Alan Wake Two is kind of setting itself to be. For me, as someone who has never played these before, which I mean, it's kind yeah. of par for the course for me. The big takeaway that I have is I played Control with you last summer because it's one of your favorite games ever. Yes, and. I knew because of the awe DLC and for Christ's sakes, when I bought Control, I got the Alan Wake stuff. Like yeah. I didn't buy it; like I, it came with that purchase. So I knew that there was a lot of connections there. Control is what Alan Wake wanted to be. It is the yes. gameplay. It is the narrative structure. It is what it wanted. It is how it wanted itself to be. Yeah. Um. So, if you're someone like me who likes to go on those journeys who likes to see like how things evolve i mean for christ's sake that's how we formulate this podcast at least when it yeah. comes to movies it's like we watch the older stuff first then we go to the more modern stuff and then we compare yeah. to like what we've seen before like what was better what was worse so i like it and i, I agree with justin i think if you are playing on playing alan Wake too like there's no reason to not play this it looks good it plays fine also, sorry, yes, just because you brought it up, I just want to bring it up before I forget. Okay. During our DLC spinoff episode that we're going to be doing of AWE and American Nightmare, I will be bringing every thread that connects Alan Wake to Control slash other games. Like, basically, I will tell you the story of the <laughs> intertwining, what because all Remedy games take place in the same universe. That sounds like fun for me. That doesn't bother yeah. me at all. I'm, I'm down yeah. for that. You know I like okay, that kind cool. of... Remember I had you do a Resident Evil yeah, Oh, I do. <laughs> oh, I do. God, we did a lot of weird stuff kicking this show off. Yep. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's that. Uh, we're going to go ahead into the campfire for the patrons. I have two BuzzFeed quizzes for Justin. And everyone else, oh, until oh, next oh. week, stay scary.
The Here's Johnny podcast is brought to you by Larry and Justin. You can find the show on Twitter at Here's Johnny Cast, and you can find Larry at Beaver LA. You can find Justin at Pickle Thing, and you can email the show at Here's Johnny Podcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook at Here's Johnny Podcast. As always, in the show notes, you can find links to the Discord and to the website. We are also on Instagram at Here's Johnny underscore podcast. Also in the show notes, we'll have a link to the Twitch and YouTube channels. And if you would like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Here's Johnny Podcast. Every cent goes into the show. And yeah, we just really use it to make the show better. Again, I just want to say thank you very much to our patrons. Uh, you guys help make this possible. But yeah, Patreon is the way we support the show. We aren't looking to get rich. And like Justin said, every dollar, every cent, it all goes back in. There's some pretty cool tiers. So head on and look at that. But until next week, see you guys later.